Oh, hey, Matt. Where have you been? Oh, sorry, Z. My dungeon master wouldn't let me go. Oh, did your game run late? No, no, I, I, I forgot our safe word. What? What? Acceptable company. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hope you're all doing well. Because of the recent situation, we are recording remotely. So if um, things sound a little bit different, that is the reason why we yeah, are... Yeah, not as, not as high def. Not as high def. But still as enthusiastic to be here and to talk yes. to you all. And, um, hi, Beansy. Uh, <laughs> you know. It's, it's, it's been a month, hasn't it? But yeah, it's been, it's been a month. It's been a journey. But we're here. Let's get on with it. Yes. What have you got for me? Well, it is lockdown, but we've also been celebrating the Olympic Games lately, Z. We have. The twi- not we, not me, but oh. general society. Oh, okay. You've kind of spoiled your view on the games already. <laughs> I was going to do a big lead up, but... So it's the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Mm-hmm. They were obviously postponed for a year. Um, and then they went ahead. Um, pretty sure I know the answer to this one, but how much of the Olympic Games have you watched? <laughs> none. None of the Olympic Games. None at but all. I do feel bad, like, you know, a country has spent all this money. And we know, having had the Olympics here in Sydney in our lifetime, how much, like, preparation and money goes into that. And the fact that they couldn't really have any anyone visit any tourist money. It is pretty sad. And, and when you do watch the athletes competing... And there's no one in the stands. They're sitting there and they're clapping, trying to hype up the crowd. And most of the crowd is their competitions. It, it is a bit disappointing for the athletes. Maybe it'll be easier for some because they don't have that pressure of of an entire crowd of people watching them. But mm. it is a bit of a shame. I, I think, you know, some athletes only have one or two Olympic Games in them. And you kind of want it to be a memorable experience to show your stuff in front of the entire world. And, and while you're being watched by, you know, still millions of people over the television... It would you'd miss something by being there in front of an entire crowd roaring. So you haven't you haven't watched any of it. No, I was gonna watch like the opening ceremony, but you know. So is this a to do. is this a usual standpoint for you? You're just not not really an I, Olympic watcher. Yeah, I I'm not really impressed by. <laughs> but you're not really impressed like, by the world's greatest athletes all competing at once. Not really. Like I'm, I'm, and I know it's a great achievement, but it doesn't excite me to see it. It doesn't excite me to see. Oh wow, this person can throw a shot put further than anyone else. I mean, it's kind of like know. the it's like that that human desire to watch competition. You know, we love football, we love fights, we love all these sort of things, and it's like that. But you're you're barracking for your country, and it's there is something really nice about you know having an Aussie to barrack for against all the other countries and and seeing them accomplish their goals. Do you watch whatever's on when you turn on the TV or do you have set events that you like put in your calendar? I I watch whatever's on. Okay. Do you have any standards for what you will actually sit and digest versus, oh, I'm actually going to turn this off because it's not worth my time? Or would could you watch, like, Sri Lankan badminton? <laughs> Do you mean, is Sri Lankan badminton a sport? Or are you just saying <laughs> the Sri Lankan team playing badminton? Yeah, yeah, like a random team playing a random sport. Oh, probably not. If the Aussies aren't playing, I, I probably wouldn't pay much attention to it. Ah, uh, okay. So it's the cheering on your countrymen that drives you to watch it. Yeah, unless there's like a, a really massively known like athlete. Like if Usain Bolt was running, for example, I'd, I'd watch one of his races. 
I was watching the I was watching the 200 meters male sprinting, and I didn't even think about how much strategy there is in like something like running a running race. Like as they were leaving, some of the ushers were trying to get them to to walk out a certain way, social distancing and stuff. But some of them wanted to go, didn't want to take the stairs. They wanted to go straight through this way because they didn't want to ruin their legs taking stairs. These guys are so focused on the competition and and what they have to do. It's also something I've heard. Apparently, the Olympic Village is just like a massive orgy. Oh. <laughs> like they hand out condoms to the athletes and they hand it out significantly less this time because they wanted to show people to social distance. Like, of course, you put some of the most physically fit people in, in the entire world together. Yeah. What else are they going to do to pass the time? But That's I love that. True. I love that they're, they're fine. They don't want to take the stairs, but they're, they're happy to have some fun overnight. It's a different kind of um, exertion that they're willing to... Yeah, it's it's it's, it's still cardio, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but as you mentioned before, we have had an Olympics um, here in Sydney. Yes. The year 2000, 21 years ago now, Z. Crazy. The Olympics That's were... actually crazy. I know. What do you... How involved were you back then? You would have been 10 or 11. I would have been 10, yeah. And our school took us on an excursion to one of the events. Really? Did you get this? I didn't get an excursion. My family took me to see something. Ah, yeah, we got a school excursion. But, and I was so excited because, you know, the Olympics was a big deal. But it was so underwhelming. It was some random <laughs> event. I can't even remember, honestly. It was random team, never heard of, random event that I've never heard of. And no one was in the crowd. It was like the tickets that they couldn't sell. I think my experience was pretty similar. I do remember we went out to watch the, the torch. Ah. As the torch did its its relay, we knew it was going to pass down the certain street. We all stood on the side of the road with a bunch of other people to watch the torch run by. That would have been cool. Yeah, it was. You know, a friend of one of the kids at school had someone that carried one of the torches. So they brought the torch into school and um, we all got to like hold it and have a photo. <laughs> That's nice. I actually also have a very significant Sydney 2000 Olympics connection. I don't know if you know this about me, actually, but who is the Sydney 2000 Olympics, like, icon for you? Uh, I'd be Kathy Friedman or Ian Thorpe. Okay, that is not an athlete. Oh, what? Think opening ceremony. Is it like those silly mascots, like Sid the Kookaburra? No, Nikki <laughs> Webster. Oh, Nikki Webster, of course. That's the first thing I think of when I think of the Olympics. <laughs> we were neighbours, so I mean, that's kind of my connection to the Olympics. We were neighbours? Yeah. When? And when I lived in Croydon Park, and I didn't know this at the time, but we were watching and my mum said, oh, that's our neighbour. What the hell? And I'm like, what? And I didn't believe her. But then, like, a few years later, she was doing an interview on that TV show, The Big Arvo. I don't know if you remember that TV no. show. No, what? And they did an interview of her at her house. And they did, like, a montage of her neighborhood and her street. And it was my old neighborhood. Wow. So, yeah. you, used to live, mm. you used to live next to a pseudo-celebrity. Yep, that's it. B-grade. Apparently, her. they're trying to get her to make another appearance at the Brisbane Olympics. Oh, really? Yeah, because I think Bris is Brisbane next. I think there's still, there's still a few before they get there. Like they're not the next ones; they're the ones after. I think. Okay, got it. Something like that. In summary, I think we're doing pretty good with the medals. I think we're fourth yeah. overall. I mean, last time I looked. Oh, nice. Which isn't too bad. 
Oh, when does it end? When can I catch the closing ceremony? Excellent question. It could have already happened. Can't tell you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it must be pretty soon if it hasn't happened already. I feel like the Olympics is that thing that just, it's here, and then next thing you know, it's gone. Yeah, it goes a lot quicker than you expect. Yeah. Same as this portion of our podcast. So, Matt, there is a Space Jam remake or sequel coming out. I'm aware. Um, starring, I think, LeBron James. And, and I think it's coming out soon if it's if it's not already out now. I have, I have, yes, I am aware of existence. I have things to say about it. But you, you continue. <laughs> well, I don't know much about the movie. I don't know what it's about. I did watch the original, obviously, and loved it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you're aware. There is outrage in the community, and people are deeply, deeply offended. Wait, can I guess? Yeah. Is it about Lola Bunny's new design? <laughs> yeah. So, so in the original, Lola Bunny was quite um, sexual. Like, she looked voluptuous. Uh, I think she inspired many people's, like, furry fantasies. Yes. Which, yeah, so that's pretty much my topic. So, the fact that this Lola Bunny character has now been tomboy, tomboyified, hmm. um, People aren't into it because they want her to be the original Lola Bunny that they remember that was responsible for their, like, sexual awakening. Can you imagine? So like, and these people now, they'd be, like, in their 30s or 40s. Yeah. And they're, they're having a man-child cry because <laughs> a cartoon character isn't sexy enough. That's just, yeah. it's just odd on so many levels. It's so weird. It's weird. And there's, like, hashtag not my Lola and <laughs> comments like, OMG, they gave her a mistake me oh my um, god it's out of control and so i was thinking about how interesting that was that cartoon animated rabbit character was responsible for so many people's sexual awakening it got me thinking about your own moment of sexual awakening like when did it kind of click for you that you had urges or like when did you unlock that level of your life uh it's it's an interesting question because I, it's it's kind of like little pinpoint moments I could pick up throughout my life that I'm say okay this remember this because it's something where I've learned a little bit more about this this mystery world of sexuality. <laughs> yeah. Like for example, in year seven, I vividly remember a friend of mine explaining to me what a sixty nine was by drawing a six <laughs> and a nine, <laughs> and explaining it to me. So I was year seven. I don't know if I don't know if there was anything too se- I don't remember anything too sexual happening or being talked about in primary school, but I can't remember. I could <laughs> I'll tell you one story. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the last episode about the 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 internet stages and things. And I remember I was in a a chat room which was predominantly just for playing games, right? Like you just match up with two people in a chat room, and yeah. I matched that with. With somebody, you know, guy or girl, who knows at this point. Probably a middle-aged guy. Possibly a middle-aged crazy. guy. And they were just like, are you horny? And I'm just like, what? What What even is horny? And <laughs> whoever it was sent me these, these like nude pictures. They were probably the first nude pictures I've ever received. And I remember just being like completely like blown away. And I remember, I remember going to the chat room just like, is anyone else horny? Who else is horny? And everyone else is just like, <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? We're just trying to play like pool. <laughs> I have a very similar story in terms of not even knowing what horny means. Do you remember there was a song on the radio that was literally just, I'm horny, 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 horny? I don't Do you remember. remember it was like in 1999. I remember being at like after school care.
hair and this song came on the radio and then everyone was like laughing about it they were all older kids in year seven and I was in year four and I just didn't know what it meant and they're like you know horny and I'm just like um (laughs) like maybe pretending that I knew what it was but I, I had no idea I actually didn't even know what sex was until we learned about it in school. I remember my moment of sexual awakening. It's very, very clear to me. It was when I was seven and I saw Rose's boobs in the Titanic in the drawing scene. Oh my goodness. Okay, I can understand that. I don't know why. It was just like the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. And it, something inside me just was like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, Kate Winslet is a very beautiful woman. And I question anybody who <laughs> saw that scene and wasn't wasn't a little bit curious or interested. I don't. I honestly can't remember when. I don't remember watching something and being like, uh, so that's what sex that's is. That's new. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. I used to think it was just based on movies. I thought it was just people kissing and lying down. And I thought that's what that's what it was. And then when we learned about it in school in year six, and I was learning about body parts and stuff, that was all news to me. And everyone else seemed to know what was going on, but I had no idea. I, de- I, I bet everyone else was just pretending. Everyone was in the same boat. They were just like, oh, yeah, sex. Yeah, I, I know all about sex. <laughs> Did you know before you learned about it at school? I, I can't remember. I remember specifically, like, I was in the year five, and they, they called it, everyone in the grade was in this big room, and they were talking about it. And I remember putting my hand up, and I'm like, what happens if you're having sex and you need to pee? <laughs> and then I remember the, the teacher just like, no, no, they, it can't happen at the same time. And I was like, thank God. I do have kind of a Lola Bunny-esque memory growing up, and I don't know why. It's, it definitely wasn't a moment of sexual awakening, but I remember watching it and thinking that is weird slash interesting. And I want to know if anyone else thought this or if I'm just a creep, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of nervous to talk about it. Um, okay, so in The Lion King. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> there's a scene, it's early on, where Simba's mom or Nala's mom, I can't remember, is like licking them clean. But the lion mum licks between like, that... her legs. Yeah. Yeah, it's and Nala's mum. I don't know. I always found that weird. Like every time I watch The Lion King, when I see that scene, something inside me just like freezes up a little bit. Really? I've never. Like, why? Why would they do it there? It's like why not just like on the back or on the shoulder? Well, uh, I've never never looked at that scene in that way before. But I think Disney was all full of like like hidden cocks and things back in those days. Like. Mm. That was definitely one. I would love to know if any listeners <clears throat> also feel the same way or if my mind's just in the gutter. Oh, no, I, I think that's fair enough. There's also that scene in The Lion King where they're like, you know, the can you feel the yeah. love? <laughs> they're rolling around. Yeah. And then they, they kind of roll and he lands on top of her and she licks his, licks his cheek and then she like moves back all sexually. Like, come on, that's, that's, there's some stuff going on with those lions. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know if this story is a bit too R-rated for our podcast, mm. but I, I remember... Kind of in the experimenting zone of, of my life. I did a lot of like webcam stuff. Mm. And I remember like finishing for the first time the same way that you, you thought that sex was just lying down and, and like kissing. Yeah. I thought that for a guy, you kind of just rub it and that's all it is. I didn't know that finishing was a thing. Yeah. So we used, I used to just get on cam with this girl and, you know, I'd just rub it and I thought that's all there was. We'd rub it for a while and be like, okay, cool. You know, thanks. Yeah. I'll see you next time. And I remember just finishing for the first time and not having a clue what the heck was going on. <laughs> what 
what's wrong with me? I'm just panicking. And I'm just, oh, I just I always remember that. And then what? How did you find out that that was normal? I don't know. I, I don't remember. I just <laughs> think maybe I just watched more porn and, and learned some more and realized that was the whole point. Well, um, thanks for sharing those deeply intimate details about your life. Just when they thought we hadn't shared everything there was to share about us, we yeah. get to a topic like this. Zara, if I asked you what your favorite testosterone-filled cartoon from the late 80s was, what would it be? Is Popeye late 80s? Uh, probably even earlier, I'd imagine. Yeah, probably. I have no idea. Have you heard of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe? I don't know. I'm picturing, is it like a big man with a bob? It is a, a big man with bob. a bob. He's got a blonde I- bob and he wears like a he wears like a little bit of armor, but he's mostly naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with the face. I've never watched it. He's from the era of like the Voltrons and the, and the, the original Transformers cartoons. You know, those really dated cartoons that you would have caught on like Cartoon Network back in the day. I didn't watch it much. I didn't watch He-Man. I'd known he existed. And he was, I think he had a remake in like the the 90s. But that's about it. The world was ripe, Z, for a return of the glory that is He-Man. And that's happened recently on Netflix. They released admittedly awesome trailer for the He-Man, the new cartoon called Masters of the Universe Revelations. And um, it dropped a couple of weeks ago. It has been very divisive for reasons I'm going to go into. And to go into these reasons... I'm going to have to spoil it. So if you haven't seen He-Man, um, if you want to watch Revelations, it's just five episodes. Get on the Netflix, watch it, then come back to us. So or fast forward until you get to the next segment. Fast forward until you get to the next segment. So the reason I want to talk about it is because, and the reason it's so divisive is a, in the first episode, it kind of opens like a, a normal He-Man cartoon. The bad guys are attacking Castle Skull, and the animation is really cool and everything's going well and it, it's really cool. But then He-Man sacrifices himself to save the world. So he dies. Mm. And then for the next four episodes, you follow Leela, another character. Um, and it's kind of her quest. And she's trying to reforge this magical sword and bring magic back to the universe and save the world. In the last episode, she kind of goes to their equivalent of heaven. And Prince Adam, He-Man, is there. And he has a chance to come back to the real world. So he comes back, makes a sacrifice. If he dies again, he's not going to heaven again. Because he was a master of the universe, he gets that privilege. So he, he sacrifices that. He comes back to Earth. And then the show ends with him dying again. He goes Where to does become, he go if he doesn't go to heaven? He just goes to wherever the normal mortals go when they die. He kind of went to like a Valhalla like land <laughs> right. of of like these big burly butch men. That was his honor. But now he'll go to just wherever normal mortals go. So it ends with him. He's about to become He-Man again. He's he's doing his transformation and he gets stabbed through the chest. So he dies in five episodes. They kill off the main character. Well, twice. <laughs> now I get it. I don't mind him sacrificing himself at the start. But what has pissed off a lot of people is this awesome trailer, which is a fun trailer. It's what got me excited. Features mm-hmm. He-Man predominantly. He's he's basically the whole trailer is He-Man. All clips from episode one. So they pulled this massive bait and switch where yeah. they. They, egg, they they pull all these people in. They're saying, this is a sequel to the show that you loved from the 80s. You're going to love it. And they bring all these people in and then they just kill them off. Not once, but twice. I get the frustration with having the main character killed off, especially if you were a big fan of the show. And then coming back to it, and this is how they treat the main character. I don't know if he's dead. He could be fine. <laughs> after being stabbed in the chest. But my point is, not only is it a bait and switch, but it's it's a shock value, right? It's 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 what Game of Thrones, I think, made famous, where it, you're not expecting it, but you're killing off main characters for the, sh- the shock value of it. And I think too many shows 
they lean towards that approach now because they think that's what made Game of Thrones as good as it was back in the day. But it's become so shockingly unpredictable that it's predictable now. Mm. You could say the same thing happened with the, the new Star Wars movies. People don't like when this is done. So I don't know why it's become such a trope. Yeah. Do you, do you have I, any views? I feel like I don't know what they're thinking. I am guessing they did it because they didn't want to give people a predictable sequel remake experience. They wanted to do something out of the box. Not saying that they succeeded, but maybe they just didn't want to make it what people expected. But there are other ways to tell an old story that's new. Storytelling has come a far way since the days of the 80s He-Man where people were content with, you know, the bad guy hatching a dastardly scheme and He-Man mm. rocking up and saving a day every episode. Mm. Stories of, especially TV shows, have gone a far way away from that. There are ways to make an old story new again without having to resort to these sort of, in my opinion, cheap shock values. You know, I watched all five episodes and they, they were fine. It was okay. But I was, I was keen to see some big burly action. Yeah. That's annoying that they advertise something that you're excited for and it was nothing like what you expected. I mean, that's the thing that I can understand the most of people being frustrated. Yeah, not once that they advertise this as a whole new direction or what have you. The trailer is actually really fun and really cool. It's hitting all the right notes. And it was, yeah, just a massive bait and switch. And depending on which corner of the internet you're from, people are very annoyed about it. <laughs> I'm Not only... in my corner. I have never heard of it before. <laughs> no, I, I I know this this entire topic is a bit out of your your jurisdiction. I just like it that he's a grown man, muscly man with a bob. Yeah, that's what everyone likes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Everyone just wanted to see more of the grown man of the Bob, but he was, uh, he's not there anymore. Maybe. I'm sure he's not dead. Surely. You said they still got half a season to go, yeah? They do. He's being stabbed. I'll look out. I'll look out in the Reddit forums for that. I bet there'll be, there'll be plenty of whiny man children. (laughs) I wonder if it's the same whiny man children as the Lola Bunny. Oh, it would be. 100%. 100%. I bet they've got their Lola Bunny posters up with their He-Man posters all over the room. It's time for Acceptable or Not. Our first scenario comes from Hassan in Campbelltown. Hey, Hassan. Thanks for writing into us. Thank you so much. And he just wrote ghosting, which I think is kind of too broad. So I'm going to be more specific and ask about ghosting after you've already like built some rapport or maybe even like gone out on a first date. So you've developed some kind of dialogue that is somewhat meaningful to you and then you ghost them. I think I would say by definition, ghosting needs some rapport for it to be ghosting. Right. Okay. Got it. All right. If someone's just like, hey, how are you? Good. How are you? And then the conversation's under there. I, that wouldn't be ghosting. Defin- I still think, yes, yeah, some ghosting is, with that in mind, some ghosting is acceptable. What if the person is a creep or says something really offensive and you just don't want to put your energy into someone like that? I can imagine a world where <laughs> I, I would ghost. I, yeah, but like it can always be like, look, thanks, but no thanks. Then you can ghost, you know, like the the thing with ghosting, why it, it is so painful is because it's it's so disrespectful. You know, you're making the person feel like they're not worth anything. They're not even worth the time to have that conversation. And that conversation can be difficult. But in the circumstances where they say something racist or something unbecoming, that conversation's easier in that sense. It's almost satisfying to be like, look, sorry, you're a horrible person. I'm not interested. 
But wouldn't you rather, for me, I can imagine ghosting when you just don't want to hurt that person's feelings by telling them what's wrong with them or what you think is wrong with them. So you'd rather just let them down gently it's by not, just not saying anything. It's not letting them down gently. I've had both and I would much prefer someone just spell it out for me. We're all adults here. We all know that not every match is, is immediately going to lead to a relationship. I, I've had girls just be like, look, sorry, you're a great guy, but I'm just not feeling it. And that, I'd much rather that than feel like things are going in the right direction and then they're disappearing. That's, that's way more hurtful. I guess. But I'm also under the belief that I don't want to like set myself on fire to keep someone else warm per se. So if the conversation is that uncomfortable for you to have... Like, you don't owe anyone anything, right? It's not like you're in a relationship with that person. No, but don't you owe everybody that you talk to common decency? Yeah, but to what extent? Like, is common decency not just letting them down gently? That's not letting them down gently. That's being selfish. That's, that's you thinking you're not even worth a goodbye. You're not even worth me explaining why I'm going. I'm just going to move on to somebody else. But, but look, I can understand why people would avoid the conversation. Yeah. I know some people wouldn't take it well. Yes. That's another thing, right? Being afraid of the response. Like, okay, I don't think it's going to work out because X, Y, Z. And then they say, oh, but you're blah, 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 blah. And it just snowballs into a big, uncomfortable conversation. Yeah, but at least you've been the bigger person. You've tried to do the decent thing. If they choose not to take it well, that's on them. At least you've done the right thing. Okay, what about what about saying something like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so busy. Like, I've just got a lot of family stuff on or whatever. So not being upfront with them, but just giving them a quick, fake reason. It, it's a bit of a cop-out. Yeah. And I think most people, especially those that have been, been around the game for a while, <laughs> they'd recognize it for what it is. Yes. Is that better than ghosting? It's better than ghosting. Right. I think anything is better than ghosting. I personally feel it, it's not so bad. You don't owe them anything. Like I, Maybe that makes me a bad person. But but you haven't been in the on the online dating world. It's, it's harsh out there, Z. It's a cold, <laughs> brutal world. It's not about owing them anything. It's just about trying to make things a little better for. It's just about minimizing the damage. You know, it's just about trying to be the decent person. But it's not making you a bad person, you personally, because I'd say the majority of people would just ghost. Yeah, right. Okay, that's good. That makes me feel better. Because I feel like you'd cast the net wide, right? You cast the net wide, get a bunch of people, and then narrow it down to the ones that you like, and then just ghost the other one. That's how I imagine it would work. Well, you do, but it doesn't hurt to be like, look, sorry, I found a guy I'm more interested in. Thanks, you know, thanks for the chat. No, and then that tells that person, oh, sorry, this other person's way better than you, which is the equivalent of you're not worth my time, right? No, like I said, not every match is going to result in a relationship and, you know, and, and they shouldn't expect it to. I've had plenty of girls be like, look, sorry, I've actually found somebody I'm willing to take things serious with. And I'm just like, you know, good for you. I'm, I'm happy for you. Okay. I didn't so feel like they were better than me. positive to that news. And, and I understand people, some people wouldn't. But like I said, at least you've done the right thing in that sense. We put our poll out on Instagram to get our listeners to vote on what they thought, and the results were 75% said not acceptable. They're the, they're the people that have tried online dating. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's Dude. it's not that difficult to do the right thing in this sense. I think ghosting someone makes you a more selfish person than, than the tiny little act of generosity in just explaining yourself. Yeah, fine. That's a new perspective. I like that. So in summary, I'm saying it's not acceptable. <laughs> If you didn't get I, that already. I would have said acceptable prior to this conversation. Now I'm like, I can see your viewpoint, but I still would probably ghost. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs>
Trust me, you're not you're not in a minority there. According to our poll, I am. Yeah, oh, yeah, but I mean, trust me, it's. <laughs> <laughs> You've been ghosted enough times to know that it's prevalent. I've been ghosted plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so our next one comes from Chrissy in Newcastle. Thanks hey, Chrissy. For in. Thanks very much for writing in and listening. Um, she said that she was at someone's house and they had gollywogs on display and mm. which surprised her and she asked about it and the owner said, oh, no, 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 I just liked these dolls when I was a kid. So they had sentimental value that was non-racist. Mm. So what are your thoughts on owning racist or offensive <laughs> paraphernalia that is not racist to you? It's uh, pretty easy and strong, unacceptable to me. Okay, you want to talk that out? I do, very much so. (laughs) So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it had sentimental value to me as a kid, Mm. but we all have to grow and change our viewpoints for the benefit of society, right? Especially the older generations, they have to learn to accept the new standards standards of society. It's just like saying, yeah, look, I like this doll because it has sentimental value. But what's the stop from saying, well, look, I, I really like teasing my Asian friends when I was a kid. That was fun. You know, I had great times with my, my white bully buddies. <laughs> How is that any different? You know, it's just because it's a doll. Like, we need people to be better than that and to realize that it's not it's not an acceptable way to behave anymore and to change. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, unacceptable. And if you really have to, if they really do have sentimental value to you, tuck them away in a, <laughs> a cupboard or something so you can appreciate them in your own personal time in private, not on display in your home where yeah, people are coming and like... Don't display them proudly. Have them tucked up in a, in a cupboard. Yeah, the cupboard of shame. The cupboard of shame. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. I have a well. My dad mm. has a similar collection of these. He's had he's got these money boxes, right? And they're I think they're actually called N word money boxes, right? And they're like characterized. You put the coin in the the hand, and you push the back, and that the the hand moves up and feeds the coin to the the money box. Why does he have these? Because he just says he likes them, and he's got like five, six, seven of the damn things. <laughs> Admitted- That's such an obscure thing to collect. <laughs> Admittedly, he does have them in a cupboard of shame. Okay. <laughs> See, way. at least he has the decency to do that. He's made he's made himself like a, a loft, like an attic thing. And as you're going up these loft stairs and you turn around, there's just all these money boxes. <laughs> <laughs> creepy but i kind of want to see it i'll take photos next time but But at least he's got them hidden away see them hidden away and they're not in plain sight when people come visit and feel uncomfortable i mean you know people have got weird collections of stuff they've got dungeons in their houses and whatnot like fine half of me says that it depends on the reason you're keeping them but yes yes that's true but i'm gonna disagree with that because like i said before regardless of the reason racism is racism you can't justify doing the wrong thing if you know it offends someone yeah just because you don't find it offensive but i mean like where where does the where is the line i'm kind of against being like overly politically correct to tiptoe around offending everyone i agree with that i think it's pretty obvious that this would be offensive yeah and i think by chrissy calling out or like questioning it and pointing out that it is offensive like why do you have this out on display and then them sticking up for themselves saying oh no no no, not to me you're saying yeah it doesn't i don't see it that way i don't see it as being racist i mean fair enough but other people do (laughs) 
Yeah. You not seeing it as a racist issue is is your failing. You know, it, it's you not sympathizing or empathizing with other people or you choosing not to look at it that way. Yeah, remaining ignorant. Rem- exactly right. Choosing oh, so to remain. So in a nutshell, not acceptable. I yeah, also agree, not acceptable. <laughs> Unless you've got it in the cupboard of shame. I mean, if no one knows about it, is it really there? Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, guys. Thanks for everyone that rolled in and thanks for everyone that joined us and kept us company once again. Yeah, we'll catch you next time.